Gundam Style, and welcome to How Cool Robot. This is painful. Uh, my name is Julia. I use she, her pronouns. <laughs> uh, I'm Jay, or Jared, and I use he and them pronouns. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm Max. I use he and him pronouns. I'm in physical pain. Uh, this is the initiation. This is, this is what all of my co-hosts have to go through. It's a kind of sort of soul-wrenching experience, but you I come like out it. the other side stronger. Or so I've been told. <laughs> Certainly <laughs> hope so. I need some help. Max, you're the only person not coming out the other side on these. So uh, by the end oh, of this. Oh, no. this po- <laughs> Look, every time I record an episode of this podcast, I, I think it's a sort of like, it's it's like a, being out in the sun. You know, you can be out for an hour or two. And like, you know, if, as long as your exposure is not that long, you're fine. I'm just kind of here always. So at this <laughs> point, I'm kind of already a charred husk giving all that I have. Oh, yeah. You just don't and know it yet. You haven't left to like. Yeah, I'm gonna record in in like what like fucking like seven years or so. I'm gonna record like the final bit of Gundam Media, God. and as soon as as soon as I post the final episode, like I'm just gonna turn into dust, and like the camera's <laughs> gonna pan over, and it's just gonna be like nothing because I after my all work, this my, time, yes, <laughs> my work here is done. Changed the, changed the world. My final message. Um, I must say this batch of episodes. Uh beat ass completely in my uh, opinion yes correct you're absolutely opinion correct yeah i like that the show is kind of like making it clear who the main antagonist is as mm-hmm. of now i like that for i like the boys all finally met each other for whatever that's worth yeah you know, five boys seconds of that boys. scene um i i like that the stakes are kind of clear now like it, it feels like we've kind of taken off of the runway of the show and we're starting to like kind of get altitude now yeah Mm -hmm. like we actually have everyone together we're moving the plot forward in a way that's not 17 different threads happening at once um it is just the one which is Mm -hmm. cool and it also makes it easier to follow Mm -hmm. yeah and it and it um let me just say now uh cancel me all you want but i think trey's is my favorite character in this show so far I am negative percent surprised that you've told me this fact right now. <laughs> I'm inclined to say Trey's gang. Tra- hashtag Trey's gang. Uh, to steal a bit, but you know, such is life. Uh, I'm making I'm, I'm making a thirteen with my fingers because it looks I'm, really cool. <laughs> I'm glad you like Goodness. him. Uh, I'll, I'll say that he's a good character to have around right now. And uh, yeah, Mars Simpson voice. I just think he's neat. You're so valid. <laughs> I also like his girl boss partner, and I've I've since learned since oh, recording God. last week, even in the dub or the sub, she is pronounced Lady Un. So I will now oh. I will no longer be calling her Lady Une like I thought she was called last week. Okay, good. We're using the correct name now. That's that's yeah, progress. Yeah. Believe it or not, the dub continued to get it right. What a oof! Much to consider. I feel like if if anything, it probably would have been translated to Une in English, and it's I'm I'm surprised that they just kept it the same good for them yeah i mean it that that's also on me a little bit because since making a Yu-Gi-Oh podcast i'm inherently distrustful of dubs so. yeah no i get that <laughs> uh well hey shall we start talking about these episodes let's get into Might it as well in in the interest of of julia not being awake at like you know midnight oh it's fine i'm <laughs> baby right. but i'm gonna do my best folks folks she's baby um so uh, mo- new mobile report Gundam Wing episode 7 <laughs> Scenario for bloodshed 
Trays and Un have hatched a plan to spread intel that Oz, Top Brass are congregating at New Edwards Base for a meeting. As planned, the Operation Meteor Boys pick up on this false intel, unaware that they are soon to be attacking a peace meeting attended by Alliance commanders. Field Marshal Noventa, a high-ranking Alliance officer, leads the meeting and successfully convinces nearly everyone in the room to aim for peace with the colonies. As if on cue, the Gundams attack the base. Noventa and the other Alliance officials are led to an escape shuttle, while Trays takes General Septim to his personal jet. Upon seeing what he believes to be an Oz shuttle escaping the base, Hero destroys it, essentially assuring Trace's plan of war, which will be blah. Upon seeing what he believes to be an Oz shuttle escaping the base with the Alliance top brass, Hero destroys it, essentially assuring Trace's plan of war will be fulfilled. As all this happens, Zex leads a worldwide offensive to take over every Alliance military base, further securing Trace's power. General Septim then makes a televised address denouncing the colony's actions and further tilting the balance towards war. After his speech, as he is no longer useful to Trace's plans, Lady Un kills him. Here and the other boys were played like a goddamn fiddle. This episode was really yeah, good. There's this was a so lot to like. Good. This is I, I I I will probably mention this again and again, but I've seen Gundam Wing a lot, and this is the first time that I feel like my eyes have been open while watching it, and like mm-hmm. I'm actually like paying attention to what's going on, and I now understand what happened in this episode for the first time ever. Which is a little yeah, embarrassing. It, <laughs> but, well, you, what I think the best part of this episode, aside of like outside of the actual plot and like what happens in Trace's trick, I love Trace's cool. Um, yeah, is the fact that this episode has one one thing happening. They're, the only yeah. other scene that we cut to from like the new Edward Space area is Zex attacking a different Alliance space. That is literally the only yeah. like cutaway. Yep. Everything yeah. is happening here. We're not bouncing all over the world. We're not seeing Wu Fei chill in, in a river in China. Like it's all here. Yeah. So I, and, and like it kind of makes it easier to, to focus on, you know, you you know where you are. So it's not like, you know, it, it's it's just it's it, it's concise and it's contained and I yeah, like this I, show I, so far. I think that works really well for it especially because there is um kind of a lot going on there has been a lot going on and this is the first time we really get to consolidate into one place mm-hmm. yeah uh so this one starts out uh, we see a bunch of shuttles are landing at New Edwards base they're all kind of empty uh, mm-hmm. and we learn that. At Trace's request, Lady Un has spread rumors that, like, top Oz officers are going to be at New Edwards base. Um, but this is all just a big bamboozle because there will be no Oz officers there whatsoever. Instead, yeah. it's going to be all the Alliance top brass, mm-hmm. um, who we will see have a much different mm-hmm. plan than yeah, the we, Oz officials would. We get a <laughs> bit of narrator intervention in this episode. I think twice in this one alone. Uh, because... Yeah. Like, Trey's is talking to Lady Un, kind of expositing what the actual plan is that actually Alliance officials are showing up. And then the narrator cuts in and is like, this is what's actually happening, in case you didn't get it. Right, yeah. I've noticed that. We're getting a lot more narrator exposition here, which is fine. I don't really mm-hmm. get bothered by it because it's not explaining the show. Right. It's, it's like... I, yeah, it's I not don't, instead I don't know. of. It's almost like just like making sure you're tracking because the show wants you to be tracking. Right. But yeah. it's it doesn't feel like hand holding either. Yeah. Like it almost feels kind of like a Star Wars opening crawl in that it's mm-hmm. kind of like I, I think it helps that the narration is happening as we see the action happening anyway. So it really yes. it feels yeah. like this sort of like scenario like like a scenic shot almost. Sure. It's interesting i don't mind it though because again it's not like dio's just saying here's what's happening in the entire world lore it's like i don't need that Go right 
and uh, put, put, after put the helmet back on after Trey's talks to Lady Un, we get a shot of like Hero with like this data being projected onto his face as he looks at a computer screen and he's like mission accepted and it's like oh yeah. they're falling for it oh good yeah they're super super falling for it and then we get a uh, Katra over in uh, you know wherever his base happens to be uh, he's mm-hmm. he's talking to the Magonac Corps and he's getting kind of chewed out by a lot of the members of it um they like specifically i think um they're they're just like really mad that he left and and went on his own because they were worried about him and i think Mm -hmm. is is this i think you jumped to like the end of the episode oh i might have i apologize so a little mix you know this is this is a scene with the magwinat core katra's not here at all like they're yeah he's out oh this is this is when they first realize um that he's dipped out um apparently he had told them that he's simply going off to a resort and they're like oh young dude just needs to get away from all these old dudes just chilling and and working on us and the i definitely got ahead of myself my bad yeah no worries (laughs) um rasid was like uh hey idiots he's off on a mission Mm mm-hmm He's doing yeah. it to protect us. Yeah, he he's both like ha- like relieved and a little frustrated because he's like, oh, I'm glad that he's worrying for our safety, but I'm also a little bummed that like he's not taking us with him that he's gone. Exactly. Right. Um, as all this happens, we also do get another scene of Zex, who is like in an air fleet right now in Nairobi, mm-hmm. uh, because as instructed by Trey's and Un, there's going to be a big battle soon, so he's ready mm-hmm. to kick some ass. Uh, Wonder what he's going to be fighting. Who can who can possibly guess? Right. Um, uh, then we get a little shot. Katra's in a phone booth, right? Yes. Yeah. Is that where he's we are? He's in a phone booth on like a dock. Okay. And he's like talking to a hotel, like he's you know quote unquote booking a resort or something along those lines. Which a hotel is... in San Francisco. He specifically says the Starly Hotel in yeah. San Fran. Uh, yeah. Not my Pokemon choice when I'm making a hotel, but Starly's <laughs> fine anyway. Um, and we see in the background while he's on the phone and, and kind of afterwards, there's like a big truck with something on its bed being loaded up mm-hmm. and there's a, <laughs> a Gundam second, sized truck, let's yeah, say yeah, a perfectly Gundam sized truck. And then we see a second truck, uh, of similar size being loaded up. And then, uh, Hey, there's a kid driving it that looks really familiar. He's got weird hair and a turtleneck. <laughs> a kid with foot long bangs. Who could it be? Yeah. Oops, it's Trella. It's Troa. Uh, Katra just goes up and is like, hey, you want to team up? And Troa's like, no. It's so funny. Katra's just so happy to see his boyfriend again. And Troa's like, I'm going to do this on my own, actually, thanks. Troa's like, I want to kill. Troa specifically says, I'm doing this on my own. And then Katra retorts with, so am I. But what if we work together? What if we were alone together? It's so cute. Yeah. I love that Fallout Boy song. Um... (laughs) We cut over to, there's not new Edward space, but a different airbase. Uh, Hero's attacking it, presumably to, like, steal a transport, or just to f- attack it. Who knows what this fucking boy is up to anymore. Uh, he finds Death Scythe there as well. Duo's already taking a mission on there. Uh, and mm-hmm. he basically convinces Hero to kind of, like, go along with his plan of attacking. And Hero's like, all right, whatever, Duo. And Duo's like, oh, he remembers, he remembers my, my name. name. These boys are <laughs> all so gay. It's I, wonderful. I like the show really wants you to uh, to believe in. I don't even know what their ship, ship name would be, but the hero duo ship is strong and alive, and I love it. I me. agree and also disagree, and I'll stop there. <laughs> well, hero You're certainly valid. isn't good to end up with fucking Relina. No, no, I know, <laughs> but they're the prince and princess whole thing is it's a running theme for them. 
Um, yeah. But yeah. there there is a, a moment where the two of them are up in the uh, pilot seat of this carrier plane once their Gundams are loaded on, and Duo is kind of just kicking back, and he's like, I'm excited for this mission to be over, because this is going to be the big one, and then we're done. And then I get to go back to space. And he's, like, excited to go home. And and Hero kind of looks at him like, what are you, a freak? You want to go home? <laughs> yeah. Hero, like, it's it's just a, an odd moment for Hero because he's, like, kind of, like, introspective. And it's almost like, oh, well, what is he going to do when this is all over, he, you know? Yeah, the, the, the main thing is Hero kind of wondering, like, why do you want to go back into space? So clearly, yep. like, there's something up there that Hero doesn't really want to, like... It seems like Hero just wants to finish the mission and fucking die. So yeah. who knows what this well, like, boy's deal is? Think about it. What we know of Hero's backstory right now is that he was raised from a small person to be an assassin, and True. like mm-hmm. that's probably not a great childhood, and doesn't leave a lot of things. Yeah, like, he's interested in returning to. Yeah. Uh-huh. You you also say that he was raised from a small person. He's still a small person, Julia. Let's be, let's be clear. <laughs> You're not wrong. This boy is small. <laughs> then He's get, still baby. I, I, we get another shot of Zex, maybe? It's Zex talking about, like, the big fight to come as he and his mm-hmm. fleet are, like, flying over Nairobi. And it's, one of the it's things... It's made clear, like, Nairobi doesn't know that they're there or, like, yeah. why yes. they're there. Yeah. And uh, I, I wrote down what Zex says. He says, The Alliance and Oz, it's not like the world will change if one replaces the other, so why should we even fight? Yes, I got. I wrote that line down too because uh, it's something we see in the third episode. Mm-hmm. It's like a direct mm-hmm. callback to that. Yeah, where it very much is like, hmm. It's almost as if if you wield military power, it doesn't matter who is the one wielding it because you're still wielding fucking military power. What could it mean? Yeah, and then I think we get our first interior shot of the actual alliance conference. You like yep. fucking numbers? I love numbers. We have every numbers here. All the numbers. We have ninety. We have seven. We have uh, 20. We have all of them. What more could you want? Gundams. God. Field Marshal Noventa, who is, I don't know if the Alliance has a leader, 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 but like, I'm pretty sure this he guy's like the highest. He to be him. He is the Field Marshal. I believe he is like maybe, probably one of, if not the highest, one um, of the highest ranking members of the Alliance. Yeah. I, I think there is a Brigadier General that is above him. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, yeah Noventa is gonna... essentially the one in charge because the narrator, this is the point where the narrator cuts in and he kind of like alludes to uh, three specific people. There is one who is in charge of the ground forces on the Earth. There is one who is in charge of the space forces and another who is in charge of like the colony specifically forces that are like out mm-hmm. and about there. Um Noventa is the one who kind of matters the most, and I think the one who's yeah. in charge of the colony forces might be Septum. Um, I know Septum <laughs> is is alluded to it, like a specific mention of Septum. Who let this point. fucking guy in charge of anything? Uh, he really fucked up he's on got that. Got a very one. commanding <laughs> presence and a powerful voice. Uh, <laughs> he has a voice. I'll give you that. Uh, and Ven- Venti, I don't, I don't ever write down Venti's rank. Uh, he's twenty. Um, he's a guy yeah whatever uh they're all alliance leaders um and this is when we really see oh there are not oz people here this is an alliance meeting for the purpose of discussing hey maybe peace might be good actually yeah yeah the- like their their presentation is like entirely a platform of unilateral demilitary uh yep. demilitarization mm-hmm. the, they are saying that we're too big and powerful um we're 
agreeing to to pull back and say like there's a reason the colony is pushing back is because what we're doing is wrong mm-hmm. yeah and as this is happening uh trey's leans over to uh to oh, wow why did i write knowing trey's leans over to un and is like we need an actor we need someone who can bring up how the alliance really feels and, and conveniently the, <laughs> yeah he <laughs> says this while he's staring directly at fucking septum's head yeah and then and then as uh field marshal noventa is talking about like fully just like demilitarization because it all costs too damn much um septum speaks up and he's like well how are we supposed to respond to this violent retaliation from the colonies if we're just gonna like lay our arms down like what's the point of that Mm -hmm. and that like trays is like hmm i think i've i've found our our star actor yeah and like specifically asking about the gundams too yeah um, and they actually turn to to Trey's here at this point are like, what do you think since you've actually fought the Gundams with the specials? Mm-hmm. And he's mm. obviously more on the the militarization side of the house where he's like, they are solely created for destructive purposes. They they can't be here. Yeah. yeah. And after all this, uh, Novento looks directly into the camera and says, what, you think someone would do that? Uh, use their destructive military force to attack a, a peaceful organization? <laughs> And then yeah, the ground fucking much. shakes, and Trey's just like, oh, it looks like the final actors have arrived. And then Wings of the Boy Who Killed the Adolescent starts playing, and oh, oh, war crimes, let's go. Yeah, Hero immediately shows up and gets shot down by Leos using Dober guns, uh, the the choice weapon of the Toggies. Uh, Hero and Duo end up tag-teaming this base, too. They absolutely just start shredding through stuff. And I think a lot of this uh, this sequence is actually pretty new animation for the most part. There are parts of this animation that do get used in the next yes. couple episodes, but um, there's there's a lot of new stuff on the table here, which is really nice. My favorite bit of canned animation I've seen so far, I, it might not have been this episode, it might appear in the next episode, but the wing gun, I'm just like eating shit, and just yeah, completely no, fucking yeah. like face happens, planting into the ground. It happens in this one because it gets shot down in bird mode, starts okay, to transform, the, okay, right, yeah. but it crashes in bird mode. There's a moment in the next episode where it crashes just face fucking first, where it's like fully I, transformed. It, it seems like the animator's favorite thing to draw is wing Gundam just completely eating shit. It's we warned you funny. about stairs, wing Gundam. <laughs> would you about gravity uh the entire room is like shocked and appalled at this violence mm-hmm. um and trace is just trying not to like crack a smile tree you can tell he fucking loves this i mean this is um, exactly what he's expecting um and actually uses that distraction and this attack happening to send orders back up to zex and uh all of the oz personnel in nairobi mm-hmm. to initiate operation daybreak yeah Oh, yes. And then uh, Marshal Noventa and uh, the rest of the crew um, start to evacuate. They're like, oh, we need to seek shelter and we need to get out of here because we're under attack. And Trey's walks up to the front of the assembly and, and like being very humble, very suave. He's just like, oh, well, you can use my shuttle that I flew like my Oz shuttle that I flew in. Um, my, my, has- my, you can <laughs> feel Marshal Noventa. You can use my... Oz branded shuttle. Yeah, he's to leave the You know, he's just being a nice guy. He's just offering a ride to someone who needs to get the hell out of there. What, um, a, what a kind, selfless gesture. And yeah. and Noventa, Noventa is just like, oh, that's thank you. Like you obviously have like 
nice stuff and the fact that you're you know trying to open up and willing to share that with us in this effort to escape is you know on good terms noventa leads Mm -hmm. the way and pretty much the rest of the delegation just follows behind him and they all are essentially all cramming onto this oz shuttle and last of the pack is septum and trays stops him in his fucking tracks He's like, hey, can I speak with you privately, please? Yeah. And he basically is like, all right, you're going to come on my personal, personal shuttle. Uh, Let's fucking go. Septum's like, what? Um, I thought they were getting on the the shuttle that way. And Trace is like, no, no, don't worry. I want to talk to you in private on my private plane that's on the other direction. You know what Trey's voice or uh, what what Septim's voice is? The fucking annoying kid from Polar Express. Oh my god, it is. It is. Fucking Mandark. See, I I gotta know what it is for you in the sub though. Like it's not he's that just a, bad. He's just right? a normal guy. He's just so, yeah, a dude. I actually, what I've been doing is watching it first on my Blu-rays on the dub, and then I will have it playing the sub while I write mm-hmm. my notes on my computer. Mm-hmm. So oh, I'm getting actually smart. both of it now, which is kind of a double dip. Yeah, I'm jealous. Shrimp dressing. Um, I uh, just listened to the episode of um, Pot of Greed, actually, where you guys suggested editing all of Yu-Gi-Oh! to keep just the best parts of the sub and dub. So, very similar vibes. Yeah, and it would be 99% <laughs> sub, which yeah. is what I probably said during the episode. You were not it. <laughs> yep. Riley was oh, filling well, in for you. Oh, well, that's what I would have said <laughs> if I was. Yeah. Um, but after, after all these people shuffle onto the Oz ship, we cut back to Zex. Um, and we hear news that uh, basically bases across the globe are revolting against the Alliance. Revolting suits, in this case, signal to each other by flashing their uh, yeah. the Leo's face camera and the Ares face camera, a like they bright red, red color, uh, which yeah, is pretty um, cool. And it's there's a coup going on just in the middle of all of this. Yeah, yeah then they explain it really interestingly too, where um, they've had Oz soldiers kind of hanging out and living within the specials and at each of these bases yeah so that when they triggered this coup it's coming from everywhere at the exact same time and they have people Mm -hmm. set up to take everything out yeah and then we get a raw ass line from noin as like oh my gosh she looks directly into the fucking camera (laughs) as she says this huh all of these suits are getting just annihilated in the background and noin just says isn't this a bit bloody for laying the foundation and it's like "Uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Sure yes, it is. You are not yes, it incorrect. is. Oh my gosh. Oh god. And like as this happens, Zex gives a speech about how mm. Oz is the leader of this new alliance. Yeah, like, you know, it's not the alliance anymore, baby. And then he pats uh, himself on the fucking back. He's yeah, like, he pretty shit. good if I say so myself. Which is really fun compared to like in two episodes. He's like, oh shit, oh fuck, oh, I, know. I, I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have done it. Um, Do and Here are continuing to fight. It's just them two at first. But then mm-hmm. Heavy Arms appears, fires a volley and missiles at Duo and Hero. Uh, Sandrock show up as well. And, like, they're kind of standing off two on two. And Katra notices, like, hey, uh, I think these might also be Gundams, maybe? Who can say? Yeah. Uh, before they can do anything, the shuttle takes off that the Noventa and the other guys are in. Hero looks up, sees Oz, does Shack Eyes real shit. And Bird Modes flies up there. And this is so fucking funny because right before he cuts it in half hamburger style, Noventa's last words are, don't be rash, young man. As yeah. he so proceeds good. to be it's rash. so good. He cuts it and he's like so fucking pleased. He's like, ha, mission accomplished. Yeah. 
He doesn't laugh like no, an insane I, person this time around. He doesn't, know. I think he's no, got he too kinda... much going on to, like, take the time, which is yeah. sad, because, like, that's his comfort sound. Yeah, this would this would be the t- the best time for him to do a Joker laugh, I think. After essentially plunging the Earth and the colonies into war. Are you telling me you're not supposed to kill the pacifists? I'm not sure. Uh, who could possibly say? I think war is okay. bad. Um, we jump and... back down to, like, the ground, yes. um, where... They, the four boys that are there kind of come closer together. Duo and Troa kind of train blows for a bit until Wufei shows up and dragon flamethrowers them in the face for a second and tells them that, hey, hey team, um, we fucked up. They played us like a goddamn fiddle. This is the thing that really we gets me real is real bad. Somehow Wufei is the one who cracked the code mm-hmm. about what was happening with this being an actual alliance meeting. And he relays that, and Hero's like, oh, I fucked up. But immediately after saying it, Katra, like, confirms what Wufei is saying. And it's like, mm-hmm. Katra, you're the smart one, dude. How'd you how'd you let that how slip you, by? How did you miss this one? He was too busy staring at Troa's bangs. <laughs> that's, okay, that's fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor buddy. Uh, as, so after all this, uh, Septim goes on live television. Yeah. Uh, he gives his speech while he's on uh, while he's on Trace's jet, talking about how the colonies are invading, you know, like we need to answer this retaliation. Uh, Relina is in her mansion, and she sees the news, and she sees, like, this, the photo of Wing Gundam flying away from the exploding plane and, like, mm-hmm. is, is completely stunned. She, like, knocks, like, the vase or something, like, off the balcony that she's yeah. standing on. Um and then we get the greatest scene in this show so far. <laughs> so someone, someone want to take what happens to my my boy yeah, Septim? Yeah, I, I got this. I'm sorry. I, I uh, Relina hears all this on the TV, and then we cut to the interior of Trey's uh, private shuttle, where Lady Un was the one like directing Septim on what to say and had the camera on him and everything, and she kind of congratulates him on his performance, uh, much like Zex did to himself after his speech earlier in Nairobi, and. Once she is done talking to him, she does the most James Bond villain ass shit. <laughs> Julia, take it away. <laughs> sure. She like launches him out of the cargo bay in the back of the ship um, and says a really cool line. There's like, there can't be any bloodshed in Trace's shadow or whatever, or his yep. footsteps. And then just domes this dude from 600 feet up as he falls yeah. with a pistol absolute girl boss she can shoot yeah this I, is this so is, sick this is one of my favorite moments i septum's like whatever i don't really care about him you know bit aside obviously but mm-hmm. this is one of the most evil things i have seen happen it's oh it's like God, cartoonishly yeah. evil yeah like it's it's so far out even from the people that are the antagonists. Like, right, yeah. That we've actually seen so far. I really like that On is the one who did this. Trace isn't even in this scene. Yeah. Like, he's just probably sitting down enjoying a nice Chianti. Like, Un's the one who's getting her hands dirty here. But Trace, and, like, the thing is, is Trace is on that shuttle. Yeah, he's just in the front yeah. chilling. Yeah. This is, like, this is not his deal. Mm-hmm. On is just cleaning up the loose end. Yeah. and I and, really like... The specific line uh, that Julia alluded to, I did actually write it down, is, well, now, we can't have any blood stains in Trey's wake, now can we? There we go. It's really, really good. Like, it it, it isn't enough for her to launch him and, like, have him die by hitting the ground. No, she has to, like, make sure he's dead by headshotting him from, like, several hundred feet away. No loose ends, yeah. No loose ends. 
And that's like the end episode ends like cutting back to the base and like, you know, Wufei tells him like, yeah, Trace Kushinata planned all this. And the most interesting thing for me here is that Hero actually regrets it. Like yeah. Hero isn't like, like, like he he's mad at himself for falling for it. And like, yep. I, it's like, I didn't really expect to ever really see him show remorse or grief or anything. So the fact that he's like, like, it, it's like, he's not even mad that he personally got played. It's like, he's mad that like, like the situation, like he's mad that he's, he's the one who basically like started the war here now. Yeah, like, I, I can't it's remember not, he if he realizes he how badly he's fucked up. I can't remember if mm-hmm. it's in this or if it's at the beginning of last episode or the, or the next episode rather. But um, someone details that like Hiro is the one who eliminated all of the people who were planning on disarmament. Yeah. And it, it hits him like a fucking freight train. Yeah, because clearly all he wants is, like, for the fighting to end. And, you know, the methods by which he does that for himself personally might be a little questionable. But, you know, clear, clearly you can tell that he doesn't want to be fighting forever. Yeah, absolutely. He's not, like, fucking... I mean, I guess Duo also doesn't want to be fighting forever. But at least Duo's, like, enjoys the fighting. Hero enjoys, like, more so making a cool explosion. <laughs> but regardless, uh, that's episode one. Or episode eight. Or fucking seven. Got numbers. there in the end. <laughs> there's, too, there's too many numbers in this show. I can't even. I can't even. Uh. Yeah, but then we can move on to uh, episode eight, which is up next. Yes. Which I think, yes. Julia, you've got this one. Correct. Um, Mobile Suit Gundam Wing, episode eight. <laughs> the Trey's Assassination. Good episode Troa title. and Wu Fei go after Trey's. Hiro, Duo, and Katra attempt to stop uh, Un from detonating the missiles below the new Edwards base in order to destroy the currently gathered Gundam. Wufei and Trey's sword fight in a battle for honor, with Trey's deciding to spare his life and letting him escape at the end. Oh, it's good. It continues to be good. Yeah, like this episode is definitely like a part two, um, which yes, absolutely. I, I like that we don't just kind of jump away immediately. I like that this mm-hmm. is a continuation for sure. The, the the emotions in the scene feel like it needs more, so I like yeah. it. Yeah. Uh so yeah, the Gundams are still fighting at New Edwards, because like even though everyone who wanted peace is dead, like there's still a bunch of mobile suits here. Uh they're fighting. We see more tragos, which are nice. My my yeah. my wonderful, like floating Leo tank friends. Um Wufei wants to go after Trey's immediately. And he and Troa end up each taking a cargo plane to like chase after him. Uh, and we get a really stupid scene where, as they get there, Troa's like, oh, Lady Un has rigged the tanker with explosives. And Wufei's like, I don't care. And just, like, walks, yeah. like, like just just trundles through the, the hangar as it's exploding, tripping every, like, laser tripwire he can because it doesn't matter. He's a Gundam boy. He's still going to be able to steal a cargo plane. Steal two cargo planes, even. One for him, one for Troa. It's like, what's the point? Yeah. My thing is, like, um, you just collapsed the hangar. How did you not destroy the planes y'all just flew out on? Uh, presumably, Troa was just shooting so good with heavy arms that just disintegrated the metal falling onto the plane. No problem. so goddamn right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see. Katra does not want to pursue, though. Yeah, because Duo says he wants to chase also. Um, and Katra using his big brain again now that he's realized he can't have Wufei do all the thinking, um, says that all of their attacks to this point have been surprise attacks. And mm-hmm. this would be anything but. They know they're yeah. coming and a bunch more resistance than they already expected. Um, and just then in this one, let alone moment. anything else they do. Mm-hmm. There's a little moment where Duo fires his Vulcans on the side, uh, on the head of his Gundam, and he's yeah, out of ammo. Kind of like and he's like, in yeah, he's like, you're right. Like it's we should take stock and kind of 
recuperate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hero's just kind of in his head about all this. And, like, there's a bunch of Leos that show up, just start firing at them. And Hero's just taking every single bullet. He just, like, is, like, dissociated at this point. Like, yeah, Trey, but he's or, uh, not doing great. Yeah, Katra and Duo jump out of the way. And they're like, Hero, you good? And he's just, like, staring like fucking Shinji at the beginning of Ava 4. Like, just completely zoned. Um, we cut to Trey's has landed in a different base. Um, and it landed somewhere, I guess. They land uh, on he- their, uh, their warships. Yo, that's right, that's right, that's right. Uh, he tells Lady Un that she's in charge of the Gundam that knew Edwards. Uh, she has lipstick on now. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I guess this is just like the episode probably had a different head animator. But I like to imagine that after she uh, domed Septim, she's like, hmm, and now time to apply it's important. lipstick to look like even more of a girl boss. No, it was intentional. It was intentional? It was intentional. I'm going to leave is, it at is that. Is this like... Oh God! Great, wonderful. Can't, can't. This show has so many secrets, <laughs> and I know all of them. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> the burden of knowledge. Show's good. Uh, and her big plan to get rid of all the guns at the base in a clean way. Let's just blow up all the fucking missiles we have at the base. That'll probably do it. Yeah, it's um what I would probably call exceedingly overkill and absurdly high collateral damage. Yeah, what, what, Julia, no, what? You mean that what? setting off enough missiles to cover a 300-kilometer radius in the sort of middle crook of Africa is overkill? No. No, it's fine. We're yeah, Gundams, fine. though. The, the detonation range for those things is scary big. Like It makes me think it's like... They ne- they never say the nuke word, but it makes me think they're like our nukes, and like that's the range of like the immediate fallout because three hundred kilometers. That's a lot. I don't think you can make a bomb that big without having it be like nuclear fission based. I'm not an expert. I don't want to know about nukes like that, but like I'm pretty sure that's not conventional weaponry. Then again, this is Gundam World, so who knows? They're probably made of Gundariums. Um, and then we cut to our good friend Sally, Sally Poe, oh, uh, Sally. in a plane. Uh, as she's flying around, she gets the news that New Edwards Base is going to detonate its missiles. And she makes the plane land at like the, I guess it's like some sort of command post nearby the base where it's like the soldiers there are actually the ones who are arming the missiles. It, it, it doesn't really explain yeah, it's, unless it's I zoned out. It's a separate out. base, but close. Um, yeah. yeah it, it doesn't really ever say who they are or where no, Sally Poe landed. No, but it's currently staffed by Oz soldiers. Um, right, because, because Sally Poe was talking about like incoming uh, uh, transport ships that were coming from New Edwards. Mm-hmm. And then somehow mm-hmm. she's also in a ship that needs to make a landing so they can physically get to this base to shut off these explosions. It, it's It's kind of just... They expect you to kind of gloss over it, I think. Yeah. I mean, again, it, it's something that didn't really need to be dwelled on. It's like they clearly know what to focus on these episodes. So I'll give them a pass for this. Uh, she lands. She infiltrates with her crew. They all have guns pointed at these awe soldiers. Uh, they're arming missiles, and she tells them, don't do that. Like, you're going to kill a bunch of people. And they're like, okay. And you just <laughs> press the button to arm them anyway, even though they have guns pointed at them. Very, yeah, very then sad. Yeah, they don't kill them either in response. They kind of just... They tie them up and while yeah. they try to figure out what's going on, which I think is like kind of nice for Sally to do. Yeah, like clearly she doesn't want to kill people. And the fact that she immediately radios Hero saying, hey, that was, I think, the coolest thing so far in the show is like mm-hmm. she has such a revenance for Hero. Um, 
I mean, it's in his name. Dude's a hero. Um, <laughs> where she, her immediate thought is, I need hero. He's the only one that's going to be able to stop this. Yeah. I need a hero. She, she knew because she kind of figured out that he was one of the Gundam pilots, that he was like the only person that could do this. And so she like takes over the comm system at the new Edward base and is like, Hero, if you're there, you need to get up and disarm these missiles. And while she's saying that, Katra's right there fact-checking, being reliable, being the smart one. And he radios to Hiro and to Duo. And he's like, what she's saying is true. There are missiles here that they're planning to detonate. And this is, like, where they are, where you would need to go. And uh, that's when Hiro, like, finally kind of kicks back into action. Go time! Uh there was a really cool line that Sally said, uh, kind of going off what you said, Julia, about her having this reverence for Hero. She says, even if you blow up the base, like, you're not going to be able to kill Hero. Like, no. that boy is indestructible, which is cool. Because, again, she did see him jump out of 50th floor and live. Um, and once again, we see Hero, master of free diving, because he gets in he gets in bird mode. He flies up. He's They, they think he's retreating at first, but in reality, he's flying up high enough to, like, do aerial reconnaissance and, yeah. like use some sort of imagery to locate the missiles. He dies down. Uh, we get a pretty cool shot of like the Gundam using the beam saber to like epi- Star Wars episode one style yeah. cut open the hatch of the missile silo and like using its leg to like kick it open and like pry it. It's, it's, a, it's a cool like kind of like gritty animation moment. I, I, I like the lot. composition on the shot a lot because we get the Gundam as part of like the background with the beam saber like slashing into the roofing yes. of this, this uh, exterior as like the foreground. It, it's... It just looks cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like he he free dives out of the Gundam. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, oh, hero, hero, you, hero, no, oh, he hero, you can't do this that. Time, guys. Uh, he instead has a grappling gun that he shoots at like a, a beam and like swings down and is able to land completely fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets a fucking call on his codec and his Katra telling him to go to <laughs> missile model 304. Uh, you got to disarm that one because that's the main one. The explosion will trigger all the other warheads. Yeah, Katra's just feeding him really detailed information. He's got the schematics. He's got the blueprints and everything pulled up. Hero like sprints over to the the command room for that specific missile. He's digging around. He ends up under the floor um, and pulls some wires to turn off the explosion on the last possible few seconds. There's yeah. There's like a second point some milliseconds yeah, left like on the clock. Yeah, it's like ticking down from two to one as it sl- slows to a halt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, all of Sally's men are freaking out, uh, and Sally's like, nah, we're fine. There, there's yeah, sure enough, two things that I really like about this is Duo is like, this is gonna be a close call, and Katra already believes in Hero. He's like, there's a 10% chance he can do this, but I have faith in him. Never tell me the odds. <laughs> it's it's really good. and And they don't they don't cut away from this sequence, I don't think, the entire time. Like, once Sally Poe gets Hero into action, it is it is zoned in on this, like, very kind of, not super long, obviously, but it's a longer sequence where it's focused on this one action set piece. Yeah, for this show, it's definitely a longer sequence than, right. than, than average, for sure. I, I, I think the show is finally learning to focus more and not cut, 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 uh... And we will get more scenes where it's cut, cut, cut. But for in this point, it's like, okay, we know what you're trying to pay attention to. So it's nice. So while, while Hero is, is attempting to stop the whole base from exploding, um, Duo and Katra are setting up transport ships because mm-hmm. their Gundams are out of fuel at this point or mm-hmm. just about. And they need to get off and 
and head off to the next part of the mission. And Katra's like, no. Duo has secured two carriers, and Katra's like, you should get a third one. I'm sure I'm sure that other guy is probably low on fuel, too. And Duo's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess. <laughs> you really believe he's going to do this? Right. Sure enough. Uh, and, like, they just all immediately fly up afterwards. Uh, we get a little scene of Hero once again showing remorse and guilt over screwing everything up, which is, like, it's he's still feeling, like, I don't know. There, there's something very, like, meaningful about him. This happens over two episodes that he's like, ah, oh, shit, ah, oh, beans, I fucked it's up. It's the this first is my time fault, we've seen him be emotional in any way about anything at all. Yeah, it's, a, it's yeah, the don't, first don't tell emotion, and it's remorse, too. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, and then, after, and then, like, a comedy cut, we get Lady Un reporting <laughs> her failure to Trey's. And he's just like, ah, oh, whatever. Yeah, it's, he's it's totally weird because it. he, he just kind of shrugs it off and Lady Un's just caught so off guard. Um, and he, the reason he's like, kind of like, oh, well, whatever, is because if those explosions had been detonated, that would have reflected poorly on the image of Oz. And he's like, Lady Un, you should learn more about the Oz organization and yeah. what our goals are and, and why we're doing what we're doing. And she's caught so off guard. She's like, did I... Did I fuck like? Did I fuck up worse than I thought I did by yeah. not letting the? It, it's it's super bizarre. Um, yeah, it's, weird. It's, it's cool. Trace has some really interesting things where um, saying basically that they were saved by the Gundams turning yes. off yes. the explosion. Their their reputation because... and image was saved by the Gundam pilots stopping the detonation of these missiles. Absolutely, because the explosion would have polluted the earth, and that's a finite thing. Yeah, yes. and then he says this really really cool line. Anyone is capable of killing anybody, but you cannot abuse that. And it's mm-hmm. it's an interesting look in at Oz too, and Trey specifically. Yeah, is, it, is... it it this harkens back to the main one of the absolute like main core Gundam tenets of the Earth is sacred. Yeah, mm-hmm. that we see in you know, and a lot of this manifests as like eco fascism. And I don't think Trey's is quite there yet, but. And, and the fact that he says polluting the Earth specifically makes me think that they were nukes, even though the show never said it. Right. Um, I think so. But it's also a big enough sense. explosion that it could cause, like, massive Oh, yeah. I mean, it'll be bad own. regardless. R- right. But, but it's bad I, all I like around. That, yeah. And, and, like, looking back at G Gundam, it took that show until, like, the last, I think, like, f- 10 episodes to say, hey, I think the, we need to protect the Earth. Oh, yeah. So I'm glad that in this one early on, we clearly show that while Trey's may be this despicable evil man, he still is like wants to do things in a quote unquote clean way so that we don't right. fuck up our cool rock that we all live on. Is is this uh, it like fades to black and cuts to commercial break? But is, is this where we get the moment of Trey's like eyeing a an emblem on the wall when he's talking about Oz? I, I think this happened earlier. I think this okay. might have even happened in the first episode. But yeah, he looked at like a. A, a very poorly drawn, I might add, lion emblem. That's yeah. I just I just wanted to to focus on for a second that the organization is called Oz, Organization of the Zodiac, but also Oz, and their emblem is a lion, and their main suit is a Leo. Um, but it's there's kind of a um, like yellow brick road sort of. If you follow the yellow brick road, you can see the comparisons or through lines from Wizard of Oz specifically. Like, that's another okay. in-joke baked into Gundam Wing, which I think is kind of funny. So we're going to get a scarecrow. Well, there we're is sort get... of a straw man when you think about it conceptually speaking, and there are giant robots, Whoa. which could be considered tin men. Um, okay. I've been thinking all about right. this one all day. 
<laughs> uh, but no, Fucking there's there's Dorothy's gonna like, show up. There's, she's gonna have a little funny oh dog God. named Toto, Ruby Slippers. Max. Okay, all right. There is a character named Dorothy that named does Dorothy. show up. Oh fuck yeah, let's go! <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> like I know you were joking, but I do have to actually let you know on that one. Nah. That you were correct. Um, Stop the clock. Let's go! Hell yeah! I don't want to say anything, but a lot of people are excited for Dorothy to show up. Um. But yeah, so we get the commercial break then. I, I just kind of wanted to talk about the Wizard of Oz kind of symbolism, which it's sure. nothing more than like nods to Wizard of Oz as a whole. Uh, uh, we come back mm-hmm. from commercial and we do get Noin on yes. a motorcycle and she is super fucking cool. I love her so much. Yeah. Dirt bike knowing. Um, she is commending Brigadier General Diago Ogel for not surrendering. Um, we cut immediately... <laughs> Into... Well, hold on. She she does say some really weird things about this guy. She's oh, like, sure. she, she's like, he's a tenacious yeah. man, but he. I hope he's hateful enough so Zex can yeah, feel resolute so in dealing can, with like, him. Do his shit that he needs to I, do. I hope this guy's just a real bigoted piece of shit so Zex can kill him without feeling bad about it. Here's another deeper look into things. Is his name is Iago, which if you know anything about Othello, I believe Iago is like a traitor in that. Oh, he's Daigo for us in the sub. Oh, maybe I was wrong. Um, he's, he's Daigo Onigel for, for, for me. Okay. Um, but the, one of, one of the things that Noin says is that specifically she's attacking the Brigadier General at the Alliance headquarters. Mm -hmm. Like they are at the headquarters of the whole Alliance. And then we get a shot inside of the building as Brigadier General is looking outside being like, I'm defensible. I can I can hold off an army for days or whatever he's saying. And then just out from like the nearest hallway, the Zex hallway. walks in. <laughs> he's, he's like, yeah, you sure are, buddy. Uh, look at my cool gun. Yeah, he's got a very fancy gun. And he's like, you would think that or I thought you'd maybe recognize me because I believe you were like, you know, in the barracks while I was training. And maybe, you know, I would be able to get close. But your guard was always a little too high for my liking. And then we get some like sank kingdom lore because this brigadier general was the guy who was in charge of the attack on the sank kingdom the you know Mm -hmm. the place that was committed to total pacifism and got completely wiped out essentially Um, yeah the the, general starts by saying that it was the military's fault it wasn't his idea for these atrocities and destroying the sank kingdom wasn't wasn't his plan zex immediately counters that by saying the sank kingdom would have never counterattacked and that you yourself said you could eliminate the revolts completely by destroying the royal family and personally led the attack. Yeah. According yeah. to this Facebook post you made, you said that it was really cool that you I destroyed the, the same kingdom. And I will be shooting you now. And as Zex levels a gun, the Brigadier General calls out a name with a last name specifically that we have heard before, but a first name mm-hmm. we have not. And that would be Miliardo Peacecraft. I'm rubbing my fucking temples. <laughs> This is the biggest. Hey, look! This is the biggest number we've heard so far. <laughs> it is right. the biggest number we've heard. He, he, this motherfucker's name Billion Peacecraft. What's the deal? <laughs> it's pretty fucking good. What's the deal? Why? 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 Why not? Why? The only way to be why? better than Char was to be more than three times better than him. So he's a billion times oh, we, better. Oh, we than already Char. got a fucking three times joke in the next episode. <laughs> I just know. You I know. We do. It's very this, good. This motherfucker's really looked in the camera at me specifically and said in my voice, "Maxi Bajillion Peacecraft." Come on. I've been waiting to make that joke one day for like a year and a half. 
<laughs> this is this, this is the fucking prestige, and it's, I'm just one of the Hugh Jackmans that gets killed. It's so fucking good, Max. You gotta you gotta yeah, love it. I I I I, I like Wings so far. Incredibly, <laughs> <laughs> you do look at it and smile and clap. So. I do, I do like it. Even and it's like this is the least wow cool robot show because we're really not getting that many robots. I mean, we get a we next episode we got a lot to talk about there. But like we do, it's like there's something troubling happening where I'm not getting new robots thrown at me every episode, and I'm still having a fucking blast. What could it mean? Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, though, Lady Un is like still kind of in her feelings. She's yeah. like, I don't know if I really understand Trace. I don't really know if I understand what he's about. Um, they get a radio from a plane to land. And Un realizes too late she does Admiral Akbar voice as a trap as the Gundam boys use these cargo planes as kamikazes to just ram into these aircraft carriers. It is it is buck wild what happens here, yeah. You wanna take it? <laughs> Julia? <laughs> oh, sure. Are you eating pizza again? Yeah. Okay. Um yeah, so <laughs> the carriers single signal down to the warship um for communication and they let them the 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 head of the cap the captain of the ship kind of like waves them on, um, specifically because they're from the New Edwards base. They're, they're New like, Edwards oh, base. Oh, they're yeah, probably just you know, escaping. From. Yeah, escaping mm-hmm. like soldiers and whatnot. And 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 Lady Yon's like, wait, where are they from? And just screams that these are actually <laughs> oh, enemies. She, she puts it together just Idiots. a second too late too, because she was lost in thought, thinking about like mm-hmm. what she did. That she would have figured out trays. too. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> we are fucking under attack. So this yeah. is where it gets kind of unclear what happened, because one of the planes gets kind of shot down, and I think it crashes into the water, doesn't it? So, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could take it, Julia. Okay, sure. One, um, they specifically had um, plane bombed basically one of the boats. Okay. Mm-hmm. The second one was shot down as it was trying to get to the main ship of the cargo, or yeah. like the, the, the grouping. They shot that down, um, where it still landed on the boat, um, but it didn't like collide with the control tower. No, right, so that's okay. why um, Troa and Heavy Arms kind of climb out of yeah. the wreckage and the fire on I, the ship proper. Already. I did want to note there. There's a cut to Troa. He seems to be in the one, the second one to go down, mm-hmm. and yep. he has this moment where he's like, "Oh, I need to get in my Gundam to survive this crash." Yeah. And he like, does. Buddy, you weren't already there? He does. He gets he get, he goes from the cockpit of the plane into his Gundam and rises from the fucking ashes and immediately starts taking out Leos that are being put onto the surface of this aircraft carrier. And it's like maybe five seconds and we get a shot back to Lady Un and the the bridge of the ship and someone's reporting back, it's already destroyed 20 Leos. Like, oh my god. Jeez, yeah, I mean, to be fair, Troa is... Troa is spawn camping at this point, so it's like, it's 20, but there's an asterisk there. Right, but also, how does he have any bullets left after the New Edwards incident? <laughs> He's just, he has a knife, he's just stabbing them as soon as they get out of the elevator. That's fair. <laughs> if it's working, um, it's working. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Lady Un orders them to throw it into the sea and have the cancers take care of it. Mm-hmm. So they put a Leo on the sort of like... You've seen this in like every Gundam series where it's like essentially a catapult. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. two slots for the mobile suit's feet and it like jettisons you forward. Yeah, it's and like a just, real... It's just like... Like a real aircraft carrier has for planes. Yeah. For planes, yeah. But it's, this is for just like big boys <laughs> because the Leo gets launched and like grabs this <laughs> I love it, it just straight it's up tackles so heavy into the ocean. It is it is another moment of very physical, like mobile suit on mobile suit violence that we don't get mm-hmm. very often. 
And it's very comical because this thing is yes. the, the Leo that gets on this catapult is very squat. It's in this position to get launched and to remain stable in the process of that. But it looks mm-hmm. like it's just like curling up into a ball and gesturing vaguely to the bridge, like throw me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's like it, when the weaponry is all beam based, projectile based. The funniest mm-hmm. thing you can do is like use your body as a weapon. Yeah. And so Heavy Arms gets knocked into the water and we get this shot of it starting to sink. And there are like 50 cancer units in the water yeah, just surrounding just it. Surrounding it. Heavy Arms falls into like the Twitter crab rave gif. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Heavy Heavy Arms <laughs> falls into the fucking Fat of the Land special edition album cover. God. Oh, God. Uh, and then Lady Un herself gets in a Leo. This is yes. a mobility type Leo, I believe. It, it is. It is a Leo that has been fitted with an aerial mobility unit. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like a Leo that's pretending to be an Aries. This is this is where we start to see like the custom parts of Leos. I think there's another one we see later on that's a commander type unit. I'll talk about it when we get to it. But Lady mm-hmm. Un basically decides to suit up because Shenlong Gundam is like destroying a separate carrier, and she's like, "Yeah, I want to handle it is that towards- one." Yeah, it's heading towards Trace's ship, and she's like, uh-oh, Which, I gotta stop this. Also, Trace's ship is like the head of a fleet, but it's a fucking cruise ship. It's just a yacht. It's, it's a mega yacht, exactly. Yeah. It has a pool on it. God. And that's Trace, baby. <clears throat> that's Trace. As, as um, Wufei approaches Trace's ship, he talks to his Gundam. He affectionately calls it Nataku, and then he mm-hmm. gets tackled out of the sky <laughs> Into the bridge <laughs> of another ship, yeah, by Lady Un in a Leo, and Lady yeah. Un's not here to talk. She immediately no. drops the flight unit, pulls out a beam saber, and starts fucking swinging. Uh huh. And then Wu Fei, like, he's like knocked, you know, not unconscious, but he's like dazed. And he gets up and he's like, he sees her doing this. He's like, okay, and just like breaks one of her arms off. Yeah, he just rips it off. And then somehow Un, strategic commander of Oz and the specials or someone high up is like, Oh, I didn't realize the Gundams were this powerful. Yeah, it's like girl, right? The boat Literally every military point. report from the last like couple weeks has been these Gundams are way more powerful than anyone could have imagined. It's one of those you see it and you believe it moments. Yeah. Uh, so then, as this is happening, as they're tussling, Trace takes matters into his own hands by tooting his yacht's horn. Uh, <laughs> he, like, and turns his boat around because at this point it had gotten away and came back. Yeah. Yes. I think he just like drops anchor and he's and then they catch up to him or something like that. Uh, and Wufei understands this as a challenge because we see we see Trey's holding a saber like in his sort of room there. Yeah. So, so there's there's a lot that happens really quickly. Is the foghorn goes off, Lady Un stands down, and immediately Wufei backs off, and then he's like, oh. That's the ship that I need to go for. Gets over there, looks Trey's in the eyes, like from his Gundam, sees that Trey's mm-hmm. is holding a saber, and he's just like, oh, he wants to fight one on one. So he takes his dragon arm and, like a reasonable person, smashes through into the room that Trey's is like standing 10 in. 10 feet away from Trey's, who does <laughs> yes. not flinch whatsoever. It's also. The animation on that is really clean, and I like to see yes! it. Yes! And, and he gets out of his Gundam cockpit, jumps up onto the arm, and runs down it like a rope bridge. Yes. It's it's so cool, and it happens in, like, 
five seconds. It's so quick. But he he pulls. He's, he's, he has a sword in his. Wufei has a sword in his cockpit, and he just takes of it with him. Wufei has a sword. Are you kidding me? Yeah, like of all the boys who ha- would have a sword in their cock. Oh, actually, you know what? I think it would be all of them, but Katra. Actually, never mind. Yeah, he keeps his swords on his Gundam like a regular person. He keeps that MF thing on him. Uh, <laughs> but he's using. It, it looks more like a pirate cutlass almost. It does. Yeah. Uh, but regardless, he, he runs in and starts to duel with Trey's. And like, as you'd expect, Trey's is this tactical master yeah. who like is barely moving, just deflecting all of Wufei's attacks. He's also not a child, up. so yeah, he's also an range. adult man. Yeah, there's there's a moment where Wufei like slashes at him, misses, and kind of like goes flying and like jumps off a wall at Trey's and does this very big obvious slash that Trey's sidesteps and then. At the end of that sidestep, his uh, Trey's sword is leveled at Wufei's throat. It's like it's like a slow mo of the sword like whipping right to Wufei's neck. It's it's uh, super good. He he ends the fight. He pulls it back like wordlessly. Yeah. And Wufei Wuf, Wufei is like, if you let me live, I'm gonna come back to get you. And Trey's is like, okay, yeah. Cool. Trey's I think Trey's specific line is that sounds interesting. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> and Wufei's pissed. He, like, jams his cutlass into the ground and, like, runs off. Yeah. And and then he, he, he just, just first jumps ships is lucky. sinks down, too. Yeah. Tr- Trace is lucky that he challenged Wufei because I think any of the other boys would have just, like, killed would him. Would have yeah. just killed him immediately from if, their If it guns. had been Troa, Duo, or Hero specifically, they would have pulled a gun yeah. that they had stashed somewhere and just been like, no, series would have ended you. in episode eight. Yeah. And uh, uh, Un was uh, there, walks into the, the room afterwards and is like, why are you letting him go? Yeah. Uh, and and Trey says this cool thing where he's like, I want to battle him again on his turf, basically. Yes. He was honorable and came to duel me. Let's see what happens next time. And then we get yeah, he, uh, heavy arms underwater, just obviously fending <laughs> off all the cancers with, it seems like only his wrist mounted knife. And yeah, this is how we know. This is how we know that Duo Maxwell is from the Neo Maryland Space Colony because he went crabbing, <laughs> right? Uh, or not Duo Troa, Troa yeah, Troa. Um, Troa Barton is from Maryland. And then as he like slices a cancer in half, all uh, uh, um, Shenlong Gundam is just sinking, and it's like He's its so arms are crossed brooding. and it is brooding. <laughs> He's so pissed. And Troa's no like, talk me Angie. Troa's like, did you complete your mission? No response. And he's like. I understand. And it's like, do you? As as uh, Shenlong Gundam just sinks to the bottom of the ocean and the episode fades to black. <laughs> no talk me, Angie. It's really good. Gundam's good. Oh, what Gundam Wing's good. Um, uh, y'all want to talk about a cool robot now? I would love to talk about a cool robot. Hit it. Episode 9. <laughs> Portrait of a Ruined Country. The Tall Geese arrives and is fully operational at the Nairobi base. As its debut, Zex wants to attack the Alliance base at the Sank Kingdom for reasons. Hero and Duo have moved schools and are planning an attack at a nearby military base. Duo makes it into a competition. The first one there that destroys it wins. Zex pilots the Tall Geese into combat and the Oz forces get overwhelmed at the Sank Kingdom, and Zex recognizes the Tall Geese's power and potential. We also get some small moments with the other Gundam boys. Otto goes sicko mode and steals the tall geese, and Zex confronts his past and failures. This episode beat ass. So this is episode it's nine. So good. Nine is my favorite number. Uh, also happens to be the tall geese. I think power you mean hour. episode nine. Ah, uh, very good. Um, I do also want to point out that episode eight 
opens with a new narration for us. Yes. Uh, That's right, we didn't point that out. The dialogue is, The attacks by the five Gundams sent the space colonies, sent by the space colonies, reflected their retaliatory intentions. The Gundam's targets is Oz, who has masked its identity with mobile, within mobile suit troops of the Alliance. The Gundams have a number of missions to attack Oz. The year is after Colony 195, Oz has finally taken center stage. With an army of elite soldiers at its command, Trey's Kushranada carries out his plan to destroy the Alliance military. The battle between mobile suits sent to Earth and Oz causes the Earth to shudder violently. Yeah. Which, okay, I, right, I right. like the new intro. Sad thing about the new yeah. intro, no mention of Operation Meteor. I'll get to it, don't worry. Yeah, we didn't get anything of that this week, did we? Uh, one. We got it in episode seven. Oh, okay, good, good, Just good. in the intro of episode seven. Oh, okay, all right, good, good, so good. At least we get some. This is, uh, we, we open kind of like in media res, which is weird. Like, Zex apparently saved uh-huh. a town from being destroyed in the process, like, of the coup that's going on. And a transport arrives from Victoria Base, carrying the tall geese. Otto. But before that, oh. uh, Zex does tell Noin, he's like, our goal right now is to free all the countries that were forced into the alliance. Oh yeah, and like the, uh, he he says like Oz should be respected because of this. Yeah, yeah like basically Which it, making it clear Oz's intent is not to rule over these places that yes. they're currently taking over, mm-hmm. but to free the countries from the alliance's clutches. Right. Mm-hmm. Noin, however, says that's your intent now. Yes. That doesn't yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for highlighting that. that. I forgot to write that down. That is incredibly it, it, important. It, 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 <laughs> Mm-hmm. Zek specifically saying Oz should be respected for this really feels like he's trying to convince himself that yeah. like he is and will be in the future in the right for doing this. Yeah, as as the same guy who said that Oz taking over the alliance, like what's the point? You know, nothing's going to change. His last name is Peace. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh- <laughs> uh- yeah, so Otto's, like you said, Otto's here. He's a little bit fucked up, yeah, though. Yeah, uh, Otto broke his fucking ribs test piloting the tall geese. Uh, and we also see it fully assembled, which uh, also... It's such a pretty suit. Critically means that, like, two months' time has passed between yeah. the introduction of the tall geese and now, which is a lot of time. There's a lot of stuff that's happened, like off screen that we haven't really seen like mm-hmm. we don't know how much time Troa spent with Katra we don't know how long Duo and Hiro have been like kind of buddy buddy at their school or whatever um, which leaves a lot to be imagined and also unfortunately a lot to be desired for the progression of these characters um, they yeah, um. Uh, Otto specifically mentions they actually don't know how fast the tall geese goes because he took it so fast that Otto himself blacked out yeah yeah, they, they say specifically, uh, I wrote this line down because it made me do the Leo point of the screen. Uh, they say, it's three times faster than the Aries with his verniers. And they didn't need, need to fucking paint it red. The mohawk is red. As, as, Max. Yeah. He's the lightning um, count, baby. Just... He strikes quick as fuck. You right. He's so reasonable. Do you get it? They do say that they couldn't even reach its max speed in testing because Otto passed mm-hmm. the fuck out. I think that this machine might be a bit dangerous. And after hearing all of this, and after even seeing Otto's state, Zex is like, we head for the Sank Kingdom. It's like, buddy, are you sure? Like, Noin even asks him, like, are you sure? <laughs> like, no test 
flight, nothing. Just he says, go prep the mobile suits mm-hmm. for an attack. We're going right now. I'm getting on the tall geese. And then we get Kuroku no basketball Gundam style. Yeah. Duo, <laughs> duo fucking ballin'. Duo fucking ballin'. Stupid peacecraft. I'm fucking ballin'. Ball is life. This scene is so funny. We did not need this scene at all. Oh, but it is like not. it is pivotal because Duo is just, you know, just whipping around the court. He 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 bounce passes to Hero, who you think isn't gonna do anything about it. You think he yeah. like just he grabs the ball, you think he's not gonna move, but then he gets charged by the other players and just jukes him out. He chucks the ball, he gives himself a layup and yeah. dunks it into the basket. It's so sick. Ball is life. Oh my god, this scene is so sick. Just guys being dudes. But also, specifically, Duo made the choice not to go for it himself and passed it to Hiro. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Ah, curious. I'm putting my thinking cap on. Uh, and and they're doing this. They didn't find a random court to play. They're in a different school now. Yeah. So we remember from the previous episode, Hiro was transferring schools. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Duo, however, is not a member of this school. He's just kind of he's, there, blending he's just in. There. Does I, he? I does, think, does he even go? No, here? I think he is actually enrolled for two reasons. One, he is wearing their official sports uniform, and there is a moment at the end of this episode yeah. where he's in the school uniform with his cute little button-up shirt, button-up right. short-sleeve shirt and ascot with Hiro in the same outfit. You def- you know that Duo definitely like hacked the records to make him have Hiro's last name so he can just say that they're brothers. Oh, don't get me started about name swapping. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. This no, it's show. fine. No, it's fine. Don't worry about it's- it. Um, sure it's fine. Uh, they do see a, a an alliance base on the lake. Yeah, uh, it looks kind of like Alcatraz. So I was like, are they in San Francisco? But I don't think they are because they don't really do anything with it. Right. But regardless, Duo kind of proposes like, hey, let's see who we can, who can destroy it first later on. Yeah, there, there's a lot of funny moments here, and uh, Scott McNeil, Duo's voice actor, is just he's having so much fun with it. He, he like, there's so a point where he tells Hiro to to chill out rather uh he's just like you need to you just need to chill out bud it's it's so good his delivery on everything is so much fun do we have that shows up like right after this moment oh boy but relina and her cool pink car she fucking shows up out of nowhere because she has that gps tracker that she put in hero while he was sleeping (laughs) yeah pretty much and she basically Uh, is like i wanted to see you what else do you expect me to do very normal, very casual. Yeah, really normal. Speaking of rolling um, up unexpectedly, Oz rolls up on the Saint Kingdom. Yeah, so this is cool. So the Saint Kingdom, at least the base that they're in, I, I think the base is built by the kingdom itself. It's in this really interesting sort of like cliff cove area. Mm-hmm. It, it it it's it's a very defensible position because you're surrounded by a cliff on one side, and the other side is like a sort of funnel from the ocean. So it's like there's one place people can attack from. Which is pretty smart. It's also just really picturesque and beautiful. Yeah, it's Oh, gorgeous. yeah, it's very pretty. Um, um, which makes sense because there was once a royal kingdom there. Yeah. Yeah, true. Um, we, we, uh, we we get this Dio narration here uh, as the battle is, like, sort of beginning. Mm-hmm. It's like, the Alliance was taken over by Oz, and they're freeing... And this, you know, kind of the same thing that Zex was telling Noin earlier, how they're freeing all the countries that were forced into the Alliance... Um, but then he says something very interesting, and by interesting I mean, do you get it? Because he talks about how, well, the you know Oz is in charge now, but they're still wielding the exact same military power. Yeah. They're just like they're the one, they're the ones on the label now. This so is, is it really that different? This is no. very much where we start to get into the shades of gray 
of like mm-hmm. Oz is taking over. But the only reason the Alliance could take over in the first place is because they had the mobile suits from Oz. And so the countries that were forced into the Alliance, which, hey, there were countries forced into the Alliance. Um, they were only really yeah. able to be forced because of the mobile suits from Oz. And now Oz is just taking over. So these people don't see Oz as some liberator like Trey's seems to think they're going to. He, they just see them as this distrustful militaristic power that's taking over the previous militaristic power. It sucks. It's yeah, it's also not, so good. This is like, not a, an uh, updating good situation. This is the changing of guard. Like this is this is the status quo continuing for these com- right. uh, these countries that are already under the militaristic control and the right. fist of the alliance. Or anyway, really, just mm-hmm. once again echoing Zex saying, "If Oz takes over the alliance, what changes?" You know. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and we get a little shot of Noin talking to Zex inside mm-hmm. the, the the carriers. Like, all right, yeah, we're all going to protect you. You know, you just got to charge the base uh, and, and lead the charge. You know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, she launches in her commander Ares, the green one, which uh, I love that Noin has custom colored mobile suits, and then yeah, the tall geese launches after it. It is it is uh, down on one knee, doing the funny Tim Tebow pose. I really like that we always see suits in these hangars being like stored on their backs, which makes the most sense. But like they specifically made the Talkies take yeah. a knee because it just looks so much fucking cooler. Yeah, that and way. then it just it just rocks out the back and unfurls, yeah. and Zex is on the fucking battlefield. He's like, oh, this suit's really heavy. It relies on his verniers to move fast, I, and then activates fucking turbo mode yeah. and like. The screen, like, warps, and there's, like, hat slides everywhere, and Zex is like, oh, God, oh, fuck. Yeah, I do also want to note that Noin takes out a couple troops, and those troops are the uh, gun tanks that we have seen in the opening. And I think there's even one that's, like, a, a mix between, like, that gun tank color and build and a Leo, where it's got these shoulder-mounted gun cannons sort of mm. style. Um, uh, yeah, I've noticed that Leos have, like, shoulder beam cannons now. Those are Leo commander types. Uh, they mm-hmm. specifically... Oh, that, okay, that's what They I specifically have different shoulder armor to denote their position on the battlefield, much like the Ares being painted green instead of the typical, mm-hmm. like, navy blue and, like, lighter blue. Um, but yeah, that's sure. there. There is a, a moment of that. But I'm I'm trying to take every moment to highlight these weird gun tanks because I have never seen these before in my entire life, <laughs> and I need I need to know what Where they're classified they as because they must be Alliance mobile suits because I don't think they're Oz mobile suits. Yeah, I because because Oz is really almost exclusively using Ares at this point, right? But specifically more like the anthropomorphic. Sense mobile suits rather than like the the ones with the treads and the giant gun barrels on right. his shoulder mm, yeah i mean i guess it also makes sense if you're going to be like assaulting you're going to need more mobile things right but regardless right uh, sure. zex is like fighting guys in the tall geese and like he is he is you know one hit kills everything he does do a sick uh, shot with his dober gun uh and yes. it just annihilates like an aries in the air mm-hmm um and he notices, he he notes, he's like, you know, I could avoid combat. I can just jet away to the base right now. But, like, yeah. why am I not doing that? Yeah. And then um, as Noin and her troops on the actual front lines push forward, the Sank Kingdom's commander from the Alliance calls for these ground-to-air lasers to be activated. Yeah, they specifically say laser and not beam, which is yes. strange to me. Yeah, I was, I was I, confused by that, too. I think it was just a terminology choice. Um 
but they they call for these and Noin sees these activated and she's like oh we did not fucking know about these and mm-hmm. a bunch of leos and aries from oz start getting fired back on and destroyed and Noin and zex both at like separate moments basically are like oh we need to retreat and recoup like they're like we are we are overwhelmed and we did not expect this and we got caught off guard and, and fucked up mm-hmm. and Noin starts to fly away after Zex kind of commands her to, and he was going to follow suit, but he turns around and just flies straight at the military base, and he, like, upthrusts the volume, like, full force throttle, yeah, throttle pedal to the to fucking 11. metal. He strains himself so bad, pushing the tall geese up blood. to its absolute limit. He does cough up blood, and he says, I'll die if I keep putting, like, there's this, like, Almost new type flash sort of moment where he has this moment it, it of realization. It is almost the exact same noise. Yeah. Yes. And he's like, oh, I'll die if I keep going like this. And yeah. one of the things he says is the pilot is the weak point of the suit. We also, during this moment, while he realizes all of this and decides to actually fly away instead of keep pushing forward, see his eyes for the first time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We see We see this little baby blue. Get his beautiful blue eyes. Hmm. Blue eyes, white sex. Um, <laughs> so we cut to my notes say cut to my boy Trey's on his jet. Yeah. Uh, Un gives him wine and she asks what's next. And Trey's this weird line. He just says, we'll just keep winning. Yeah. It's interesting to him that he, he says winning, mm-hmm. not like we'll just keep taking over races. No, like he sees this as a game almost. Yeah. And that and calls then- back to the first couple episodes where... That's the reason yes. the Alliance military were initially so distrustful of Oz and Trey's is because they just see it as this aristocratic game. And that's mm-hmm. like just moving pieces around. And it kind of is to him. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think Trey's specifically says, or, or maybe it's something Lady Un suggests that like Oz is doing so well that they could just conquer the earth sphere and trey's says that's the perfect motivation despite you know everything zex has been saying about like oz not wanting to rule even earlier in this episode Mm -hmm. and i think this is when we switch over to the magwanak core doing what i was describing earlier where they're (laughs) katra is back now after leaving and they are chastising him it is multiple members of the magwanak core like like, basically, we were so worried sick about you, uh, but also kind of saying, like, it's their job to protect him. And one of them, it's this guy with these, like, adorable little dark sunglasses, says, if something happened to you, how would we explain it to your father in the colonies? Uh, yeah. Pretty, pretty big deal. And then I think we learn, uh, he's got the fun pointy hair, but we learn Rashid's name. Um yeah, like, he's the leader of the Magma Yeah, Corps. and he dismisses the other members of the Corps, and they all leave. And Katra's like, thank you for, you know, getting them to settle down. And Rashid is like, no, we're all mad as hell. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it is our job, it is our duty to protect you. And you, even if it's out of the betterment of yourself, even if it's just because you care about us, you sent us to the waysides so that you could do whatever you wanted to. Um, which is pretty important uh, concerning like mm-hmm. Katra's nature, and also that he has a yeah. father in the colonies that would be concerned about him. Y- yeah, so so I, I what it seems is that like his father sort of arranged for the Magwanak Corps to like give Katra backup when he landed on Earth. Yeah, I wonder why. 
Yeah. Um, and then he also mentions, he's like, he tells Rashida the other Gundams. Yeah. He talks specifically of the pilots. They're violent and dangerous, but they're all nice guys. It's, My soul of outer space tells me yeah, so. It's a, yeah. It's a cute moment where Katra is just like, okay, but do you want to hear about what happened on my field trip? Like, yeah. uh, and then he does. And like, then, I'm done being, I'm done being in trouble. Let me tell you about the cool <laughs> thing I did. Yeah. I want to be excited, Rashid. Um, very, very spoiled rich kid of him. And then he, he does mention the soul of outer space, which, I don't think that's important. It's not some, like, cosmic thing that I think comes into play later. It's just kind of some shit he's saying. So, he's just a kid being weird. So, let him have this. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then we get a little moment of uh, Troa and Wu Fei, actually, um, still yeah. together. And they're they're back at the circus that Troa works at. And Catherine brings them food. This is another moment where it's just, I get to see Catherine and smile. Catherine is yeah. so sweet. Uh, every time she's been around Troa, she's just been so endearing and nice. And it's just like, oh, thank you, Catherine. Thank you for bringing these boys it, it, soup. It doesn't even... F- yeah, it doesn't even. Yeah, also, it's very important. Soup, soup time. God, uh, podcast joke. Do you Good get soup. it? Um, but also, did you see? Oh, did you see the fucking Adam Driver thing? Yes. Katie's been quoting that all the time. Sorry, I'm on TikTok. I don't get alone. it. Um, She's on TikTok all the time. I don't get it. I feel out of touch. Max, it's hey, fine. Uh, anyway, you're old. I'm the youngest one here, yeah. and you both have to fight me. That's true. <laughs> uh, um, but Catherine also like brings them the soup and also is like, yeah, you also have to do the dishes. You better learn your manners because you're pretty young. <laughs> yeah, it, it honestly, it feels like, it doesn't feel like Catherine is like hitting on Troa or like no, yeah. It feels like she genuinely is just like, I want to take it's, care of this fucked up little yeah, boy. It's, it's very protective, but not in like a motherly way, I wouldn't say. It's just like, it's like a carny. It's very familial. And I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. And I, and, she um, says the line, I guess quiet people attract quiet friends. Yes, I liked that. Oh, that's so good. I liked it. You know, referring to Wu Fei. Yeah. And Troa pours a cup of coffee from Wu Fei. And he's like, it's not the best Java, but here you oh go. Oh, my God. You need uh, to hear how Troa says Java in English because he says it's, Java. It's, it's bad. He says Java. That's not right. Like, that's Who not does the word. Y'all didn't look up. Pronunciating, <laughs> on, pronunciating? I don't even know how to fucking uh, pronunciate. And, and before we cut oh, away, yeah. we get another moment of Wu Fei saying, like, I have no right to pilot an otaku. Which, again, yeah. calling uh, Shenlong Gundam by a different name. Uh, I'll talk about it in a bit. Yeah, what's that mean? Um, we cut to Zex's camp. Uh, he's, like, in the medical tent because, again, <laughs> he got fucked up from the Tallies. Uh, you can tell he's like he, in pretty good shape. He's kind of he had a heart attack and everything, and lived. Uh, the, yeah, he lived. Bitch. The doctor says he had a heart attack, but aside from that, he's mostly fine. Yeah, he's dead, but he's <laughs> fine. Uh, he's all bandaged up, and he's like, he he he, he tells Tanoin, who's like you know attending to him. He he tells her that the tall geese is super super dangerous. It basically ignores the pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it. It can gather battle data and essentially allow you to achieve victory all by yourself. Write that down. Uh, but I'm a coward. <laughs> I can't use it because it makes me doubt my abilities. Yeah. Which is very interesting. That, that is uh, something that is very crucial that he says about the tall geese kind of like ignoring the pilot. And like mm-hmm. it, it takes into account everything that it has experienced so far to calculate its next move almost regardless of the pilot. And I think one of the things that Zex says is it takes a pilot who is willing to risk death for victory. 
Yes. And then we kind and of... And also, by the way, Otto yeah. is, like, outside the tent listening yeah. in on this. It's, it's probably nothing. We, we pull back from the tent, and we see Otto outside, and Otto's just like, yeah, it takes a pilot who's willing to risk death for victory. And then he just kind of yeah. runs off, and it's fine. It's probably nothing. Yeah. Um, Zex also tells Noin that all the Gundams are derived from the tall geese. Yeah. Like, only a Gundam could inherit such a reckless design. Ooh, I can't wait to talk uh, about that. <laughs> Yeah, so Otto gets a bright fucking idea and gets in the tall geese and he salutes Zex. Uh, he flies off. I yeah. I have just, I don't know what it is. It's about me personally, but anytime I see anyone saluting anything, I think they're doing it as a joke. And so I, I saw Otto do this and I watched these episodes at work and I started laughing. I feel a little yeah. bad, but also it's he's kind, of, funny, it's kind of funny. Yeah. He, I mean, I like Otto. I like that he's like just... Like, a characterized yeah. Oz member. He... But he's also, like, you know, clearly cares for his ex. Yeah, and he flies yeah, off with like, the tall geese. That's more, I think, important, Yes. Too. Yeah. I, it's, it's nice that we get a character like him who has a name and has some importance mm-hmm. for now. For now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he he steals the tall geese and flies off and Zex get a, gets a call while he's on the, you know, on his medical bed and they're like the tall geese has been taken. And they're like what? Who's in it? And he is he is so worried about Otto when he hears. And Otto on the other hand is just saying the most like fatalistic like Oh, I'm gonna fucking die in the next scene, type shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's he's like, I I'd be honored to die fulfilling your wishes, Zach. And then there is, again, credit to Brian Drummond, the voice of uh, Lieutenant Sex Marquis. There is this raw ass scream where he calls after Otto. It is genuinely upsetting. Like most of his acting in this show has been very like low kind of rumbly voice but this is a moment of him like screaming after Otto and it's you can tell he cares and it's yeah. just great vocal performance there's some real emotion behind it yeah. in a way that mm-hmm. you don't it, up to this point it makes the hairs on the back character. of your neck stand up it's it's upsetting sure. yeah uh meanwhile as this happens we cut back to Relina uh she's like talking to a portrait of her father talking about how she needs hero's support uh i don't really like she she's like mentions you know she like just wants to be near hero a lot i don't really think she's kind of detailed why aside from like she knows who he is and like likes him and i don't know like it seems like really it does have plans that i think the show hasn't really shown yet. yeah um but as this happens the island blows the fuck <laughs> yeah. up uh duo and hero are there you know destroying things uh, Hero sees the sort of main like fuel tower of the island, so he <laughs> footstools a Trago. Yeah. <laughs> he he like straight up like crumples the head so it's flush with the rest of the body. <laughs> it's so good. And he fires on the fuel tower, and the entire island blows up. And then he says, "Mission complete," uh, and doesn't laugh. Mission complete. No, Hero, where, where's gross. that wonderful Joker laugh? That's of yours? growth. I don't want him to grow. I want him to <laughs> laugh like the Joker. He does say his catchphrase, which is mission complete. So he's yeah. still in there somewhere. Yeah, we get something at least. <laughs> uh, and then Otto goes to hell. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's like morning now. Otto's been, I mean, I, I guess all that stuff with Zex probably happened like late at night, right. early morning. Because it's like morning time clearly now. Uh, Z- Z- Otto's just like straight up picking off Ares with a Dover gun in his way. Uh, Zex is like pursuing in a chopper. And Otto makes it to the base. And all the lasers fire. 
Uh, Otto is just like tanking hits from the mm-hmm. lasers too. I guess the Talkies has some sort of anti-beam coating. Uh, and he says, Zex Bonsai and Kamikaze is the base with the Talkies. Oh, the Talkies itself is fine, hey, but the entire base is blown the fuck in up. English, he does also say a really interesting thing. In English, hmm. he screams, long live King live Zex. King Zex. Hmm. Oh, yeah. man. It's so good. Which yeah. Yeah, and then- obviously is... It calls back to who Zex actually is, but not his name. So it's interesting to make me think, like, what did Otto know being someone so close yeah. to Zex's like, main circle? We get this long-distance shot of the tall geese seemingly crashing into just the Sank Kingdom in general. And there's a huge explosion. Yeah. And then we see the shot of the tall geese from behind, like, crouched over. Its arm is just smashed into a building. And uh, Otto is sitting in the pilot seat, is seemingly unconscious, uh, just not moving. Oh, oh, he dead. He dead. Oh, he's dead. Dead. Um, shout outs to Otto's ghost. He's gonna be haunting the pilot, uh, cockpit of the uh, tall geese. Um, yeah, rip, 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 rip to a real one. After, after this moment, though, after this kind of reflection of like what Otto just did, Zex's helicopter shows up and lands. And Zex walks into the remains of this old building and confronts a portrait. He takes off his helmet. And oh no, he's hot. He, yeah. I just literally want my notes yeah, say. He's <laughs> very beautiful. And he looks up and down this portrait and he says, It took me 13 years to return to these grounds. And it's a portrait that he addresses as father and says that he, father. as Miliardo Peacecraft, is unfit to lead the Peacecraft monarchy because of the blood on his hands. Yeah, because, you know, obviously, Peacecraft, his father, is the pacifist here, but he sees a picture fairy on the ground. He picks it up, and there's two photos inside, one of a young Zex holding baby Relina, and then the other of, like, a younger toddler, you know, early young child Relina. And and he's like, but she could leave the Peacecraft monarchy. That picture of Relina is, like, genuinely uncomfortable to look at. She looks like a little demon baby. It's it's weird, yeah. The little triangle hair so much darker? Her hair is so dark, and her mouth is empty in just a weird triangle. I think it's because the photo is supposed to be, like, old and faded, I guess. But that's the most I can say to even try to save yeah. it. Oh, sure. Yeah, we, we jump back to the boarding school. Um, Relina jumps out of her car trying to find Hero, and there's Hero and Duo walking up to their school in their little uniforms, ready for the day to start. Um, they walk off and Relina kind of mumbles to herself that she just wants to be stronger, like, just like Hero. Yeah. Yeah. She, like, wants to be me, Hero. It's, it's cute. He, he, Duo does say, like, good morning to Relina. Yeah, yeah. He's nice. Um, he's just yeah. a good boy. And then we, we get that little shot of Relina's childhood portrait again, and it fades to black. We get another to be continued. Hey, it's a show's good. good. Really? Good-ass batch of episodes. Really solid. Um, starting off strong and just kind of continuing to be strong. Uh, kind of Gundam Wing in its prime, I would say. It, it's still buck wild, and there's a lot of shit that they do that they just don't explain, but I have seen it so many times that I excuse it, so I like it. <laughs> I, I I like it, too. And Sorry, uh, they also have yeah, a real the, cat the, fight happening out my window. The craziest shit that's happened. <laughs> we, we get the big reveal of who our Char clones other, you know, alter ego actually is. And it actually kind mm-hmm. of has a moment of gravity and weight. And it's very nice. Yeah. And it's in episode yeah. fucking nine. There are 50 yeah, episodes know, really of the show. <laughs> I keep forgetting like how many there like... are. And then I'm like, oh, wait, we're going to be here for a minute. This is a 49 episode anime series. 
Um, so before we get too far, I do want to do an Operation Mm. Meteor count. For this set of three episodes, we only got one. And it was just in the intro of episode seven. I think I mentioned that earlier. Very sad. Um, the, The new intro doesn't mention Operation Meteor at all. So unless we get another intro that brings it up again or people reference it directly... It, we may be in a little Operation Meteor downswing, but you know it's always a good time to give your body some rest. And I'd say even with just the one, uh, 10 sit-ups, 10 push-ups a day for a week until you hear our next episode, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I ain't bad. If, if we don't hear any next week, we might have to like create an auxiliary rule. Yeah. Of what we count if there aren't any mentions of Operation Meteor. I do have... For every, like, canned... For every canned footage of Wing Gundam fucking <laughs> Oh, my it. God. Yeah, so I, I think it was during the night assault on the base that Duo and Hiro were attacking. There's a moment where Hiro mm-hmm. fires his, uh, his buster rifle and, like, three Ares get melted. That's recycled footage already. There's a, a Duo, like, slicing a Leo in half that we've definitely seen before, which is very fun. Um... I believe I'm in charge of Beyond Toon World for today, but before we get to that, I want to talk mm. about Shenlong Gundam, uh, Wufei's Gundam. Yeah, what's the deal? I will leave it as simple as this. It's named after his wife. Anyways, Beyond Toon World. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, uh, huh? What? Huh? 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 What? <laughs> I can go I can go into detail if you like. I will do my best to keep it spoiler free for later parts of the season. But uh, I mean we can get into it when it comes up again. But it, I he just keeps calling it Nataku and I don't think it's ever actually explained. Um no, I... So Shenlong Gundam was built on Colony L5, where uh, Wu Fei uh, Chang is from. Oh, interesting. So all the colonies are named after the Grange Points. I believe. I believe cool. so. Yes. Um, the thing is, Wu Fei is from the Long Clan of people in Colony L5. It is a tradition that carried on from Earth, and because of these traditions, Wu Fei was part of an arranged marriage. I believe him and his wife were both fourteen at the time, but that's that's how it works that's how they decided to do it you know i'm you know don't i I don't have much to say outside of that Wu Fei, interestingly enough was a scientist who was working on a mobile suit that mobile suit was the oz double o ms tall geese and there was more than one tall geese in production the one that zex has was like I believe, essentially the first one, but Colony L5 kind of got their own hands on a prototype, and that was developed into the Shenlong Gundam. Colony L5 was attacked at some point during Wu Fei and his wife's time together, and I I had it written down, I don't don't think I can find it, but... She she has her own name, but she chose a name, Nataku, and that is, like, emblematic of the strongest of the Long Clan. Mm-hmm. Nataku herself uh, defended L5 when it was under attack by the Alliance and ended up Ooh. dying in the process. And that's why uh, mm-hmm. Wufei took up her mantle with, essentially, her Gundam, and that's why he calls the Shenlong Gundam... Nataku after his wife. Shrimp interesting. Really, really cool context more. that again, I don't think we get in the show, which is like that sucks. <laughs> Cause 
because he just. Well, I'm glad I know if, that. If you don't know that, yeah, he just, just calls life. it Nataku all the time, and you, I don't know that you ever find out why without right. like, context from other wow. stuff, which is just a huge failing on the development department team. Yeah, that, that's an interesting piece of information. That it's super cool. It's pretty important. It's like why Duo chose his last it. name after his adopted yeah. father. It's uh, uh, yeah. I lost my wife, so I'm going to become a misogynist now. Yeah, true. That is that is something to Wu Fei's benefit and like downside is that he doesn't attack weak people. And the problem with yeah. it is that he just views women as weak. And it's like, buddy, your wife defended the colony. You should be a wife yeah. guy. <laughs> I mean, he he's a wife guy in the wrong direction. He's kind of a Gendo yeah, Akari oh God. type, if you think about he is. it. Holy shit. <laughs> I, I, I watched Ava 3.0 plus 1.0 the other we day, so it's tell. still like, fresh in my mind. Um, yeah. That movie was so good. Wow. Not to... uh, oh, I genuinely got teary yeah. at the end. I haven't seen them, but I kind of know what happens. And I so like fucking it. good. I like it. Anyway, again, that's that's like if I get really bored with Gundam, I'll take a break and do like the Ava uh, or something. Anyway, anyway, huge aside, Beyond Toon World, let's get it. You're going to love this. Trust me. Beyond Toon Yay! So, today on Beyond Toon World, I'm going to be talking about Kirby Morrow, the English voice of Troa Barton. He's done a bit. Uh, not quite as um, like widespread as a lot of other voice actors. I thought about doing Brian Drummond. I might hold off on that until later. He's the voice of Zex, as I've mentioned. Yeah, that, that that's a big one. But Kirby Morrow, along with most of the cast for the English dub of Gundam Wing, was part of Ocean Production. Um, so keep that in mind. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Start To start off... He voiced Michelangelo, the turtle, in the 1997 TMNT ah. Next Mutation TV show, which is like, Radical, they were dude. still like dudes in turtle suits, uh, so that's very fun. Um, if you happen to be a fan of Lego Ninjago, he's Cole, uh, one of the main four or five of the Ninjago troop. Uh, mm-hmm. He was hotshot in Transformers Cybertron in 2005. Uh, post his, I'm sure Audrey's ears <laughs> just perked up. Post his tenure on Gundam Wing, he was a Transformer. Fun fact. Um, there was there X Men Evolutions, uh, a pretty iconic um, like Marvel TV series from like the early 2000s, late 90s. Uh, he was Cyclops. He was Scott Summers. Oh. Oh, Scott Summers. Speaking of Lego stuff, as I've mentioned, um, he was a certain Star Wars Lego character that is a very heavily body-modified cybernetic android-human combination known as General Grievous. <laughs> oh. Oh, you mean my husband? Yeah. Um, he was, uh, Kirby Morrow was also Miroku in basically all Inuyasha media, which is important to me because okay. Inuyasha is the reason that I got into anime in the first place. Uh, he's still Miroku in the currently running Yashahime. So shouts out to that. Follow up on Inuyasha. Um, there's a fun tie in here because he was also Billy Katagiri in Gundam Double O, where he starred alongside Ian Scott, who is the voice of Alleluia Haptism, uh, a pilot uh, in Gundam. That's a fucking it's name. It's a great name. Uh, he's a pilot in Gundam Double O, but uh, Ian Scott is also the voice of Inuyasha from Inuyasha. <laughs> Look at that. Hey, um, in 2002, there was a funny Gundam movie that was introduced to the United States called Char's Counterattack. No, oh, I hate that. He movie. voiced Gune Gus. 
Oh, fuck that guy. Wow. Voice shit. the worst guy the worst character in, in the, movie. the whole movie. And last but cool, not cool, least, cool, 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 in cool, cool, cool. what I believe and understand to be the initial run of a huge anime staple, Dragon Ball Z, in 1996, Kirby Morrow is credited as the voice of Goku in Dragon Ball Z. What? Uh, oh? My friend? He's fucking Goku. I would My character friend? That. He's your friend. Wow. I mean, wow. So Kirby Morrow doesn't, like I said, he doesn't have a huge backlog or anything like that, but he's got a lot of very fun Some roles. heavy hitters. Yes. Hell yeah. And those are just the ones that I wrote down. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. if you want to know more, check out like behind the voice actors or IMDb or something. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of a lot of fun stuff on that list. Right on. I am saluting Kirby Morrow. Very I'm nice. I'm proud to have presented you with my first ever Beyond Toon World segment. Yeah, you did so well. <laughs> did cool. uh, I have wanted to do I'm this for like four years. <laughs> Look at that. You've done it. <laughs> and that's <sighs> and episodes. <laughs> that's episode. Yeah. Uh, let's, it's, I believe it's time for plugs. Yeah. Uh, Jay, you want to kick us I, off first? I'll kick us off. Uh, my name is Jared, or Jay. I go by Pagliacci Protege on Twitter and on Discord. Uh, don't have another podcast to plug, so that's it for me. Mm-hmm. I've been Julia. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Crown Jewels with two underscores at the end. This is Baby's first and only podcast, so just hit me up on Twitter. Everyone clap. <laughs> I am clapping. Um, <clears throat> I am max you can find me on twitter at maxi bajillion uh you can listen to my other show pod of greed the world's number one and only Yu-Gi-Oh podcast sponsored by kaiba corp on twitter at pod of greed cast and you can listen to my other other podcast slappers only a video game music showdown podcast at slappers only pod on twitter or slappers only pod.com tune in for our ghost of tsushima episode um the day before this episode comes out so it should already be out um you can this- also Find and us also, on Twitter at Wow Cool Podcast. Oh, I forgot or about that. Come You're hang right. out in the Discord, Wow Cool Discord, yeah. which is linked yes. on the Twitter account. Check out the yeah. uh, Link, links in the episode description as well. Check out the fun promo that I cut for the Gundam Wing season. It's so it's good. Really good. You did such a good job. I it's I've been so sitting good. on the audio for that for a long time, and I'm just really happy to put it out there. I appreciate everyone for uh, everyone who has responded to it. Um, it was a lot of fun to do just to imitate like the style of Toonami and pretend to be Tom for a little bit and like directly rip off Toonami's whole steez. So it's pretty fucking good. Yeah, that was a lot of fun to do. I don't remember who said it, but somebody in the uh, Discord was like, I thought this was just I think that was a yeah. Toonami promo yeah. that you put over the podcast logo at first. Yeah. I, I, which is like as good of an endorsement as you can absolutely. get. Really, I love to hear it. Uh, obviously, like follow me on Twitter if you want to talk to me. Talk to me on Discord. But uh, if you ever need a voice actor for anything, I'm available. <laughs> um, and go to noisebase.xyz to listen to this and my other shows and many, many more podcast network run by our friend Matt GameCube. Podcasting Forever 2021. Um, finally. I think one of y'all has to ask me the the, the important question this week. Hey, Max, um, what's eh. your funny little robot of the week? Oh, my funny! Thank you for asking. My funny robot of the week is in Pokemon Black and White Two. <laughs> you could do this thing called PokeStar Studios, which was like this weird little side thing in like one of the oh new towns they added. I know what you're gonna say. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> 
you you can fight things that like are technically Pokemon, <laughs> in like they're stored in game data as Pokemon, mm-hmm. but like they're not Pokemon because they're on the Pokedex. But I wanna I wanna talk about MT, which is just a giant mechanical Tyranitar, mm-hmm. which is obviously yeah. what MT stands for. Um, it's really really sick. They did some incredible pixel art designs for all the Pokestar Studio things. There's like stuff that isn't even it's so uh, good. Like stuff that isn't even robots here, uh, but like MT, it, it's interesting. It has a move set. It has stats. The stats of everything in Pokestar Studios are all 100, uh, so it's mm-hmm. not like it's an actual thing. But just, I mean, those are very good stats. It's just very, very cool that like, hey, they made like a a whole sort of like, what if Godzilla was a robot? Which is I guess Mega Godzilla. Um, it's cool. It's Tyranitar. We love it. We love yeah. Tyranitar. Designed to make me guy. specifically as a Godzilla fan smile. I literally, like, every single Tyrantar I ever use in any Pokemon game, I just named Gojira. Because yep. I, 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 I simply have to. Yeah, obligatory. Uh, same, with Vol- same with Volcarona. I name her Mothra. There you go. Um, Hydreigon's Ghidorah, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and that'll do it for us. Thank you all for tuning in. Yet again, Gundam Wing is a good show. I'm saying it. I might change my mind later if it gets bad. But for now, nine episodes in, I'm going to give it a solid thumbs up. It's a good show. <laughs> good show. And to close, as we always say, war is bad. Wow. Cool robot. Bye-bye. See ya. Oz members, what's your sign? Oh, Peach. 